say there, Sunshine? Who's the cartoon about fish? You got some arnest on you. in the lockdown again we are here in whatever week we're in now uh, <laughs> this is the week in which we are about to go back into lockdown ironically yes. john you're already there me and scott <laughs> we're going thursday so this is a good time as ever to celebrate the name of the podcast yes kind of going back to the origins <laughs> come full circle haven't we almost uh We've, yeah, full circle, lockdown to electric boogaloo or whatever you want to call it. I did it at uh, rockdown to lockdown number two to the tune of Electric Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> but So this week's episode is uh, the 31st in total. It's abandoned and it's our favourite, Shannon. <laughs> or our second favourite, depending on whether you've been listening and no boonies. So. <laughs> he says ironically, of course. So... Episode six of season two already, which I can't believe um, we're already this far in. There's a lot that's already happened. So before we get any further, I'll hand over to Scott for some trivia. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're about quarter of the way through season two. Uh, this was directed by Adam Davidson, who is a very prolific director, but nothing really of significance. Is kind of a career director, just done loads and loads and loads of stuff, single episodes. Um, I won't bore you, but um, the writer was Elizabeth Sarnoff, um, and this is the first episode she uh, has a writing credit for, um, and uh, this is like the first out of 19 episodes, so she became quite a prolific writer for the show, um, and I think one of the ones she wrote later on down the line is, um, I can't remember the name of it, you might might better correct me, but uh, what, we, what We Died For in Season 6... Or what they died for? Yes. Which, what they died for? Yeah, yeah which is one of my favourite episodes. Um, so yeah, when we get to season six, that'd be a nice one to go back on. Um, isn't that isn't that like the penultimate one of the entire show? I think it's yeah, it's towards the very end of it. It's one where I think it's the one where um, the the main bunch are on the island with um, Jacob, and mm-hmm. he basically just spills the beans on you know why effectively they, they're there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, episode's really great. But uh, so yeah, she does. Uh, she does. Uh, I think it's nineteen or twenty in total. So she does become pretty much one of the main main writers in the gang. Um, this mm. had twenty million viewers, so you know, quite a big viewership on this one. Uh, it aired November 9th, two thousand five. And if you're ready, gents, another round of how old is that? How old is that rapper? <laughs> um, and um, the next stop is the Eastside Motel because Warren G was born on November 10th and so we're so the day after this aired would have been his birthday so how old do you think Warren G is? God, yeah this is <laughs> I mean this is not normally my area of expertise but even less so this week um, I was about to say yeah I could have any range of like between 35 and 50 because I have no idea uh, I'm going to go with 44 
I, I was gonna go forty one. I don't really know of him, if I'm perfectly honest. Do we do we not are we not aware of regulate with Nate yeah, Dog? Yeah, I thought regulate was oh, yeah. in my head, yeah. 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 That's yeah. that's that's pretty I didn't much know it. apologies. That's cool. But uh, i think it's a case of there's nothing else of significance that he's known for. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of slim pickings and he was the, the most famous one out of the bunch. So um yeah, the other alternative was, was Eve, and uh, yeah, Danny. Oh, I, I know her. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I know the name. <laughs> um, so sorry. So John had forty-four. Yeah, and Tommy had yeah, yeah forty-one. Forty-one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the winner is John. Hey. You are eight out. He's forty-nine. He's fifty. This <laughs> <Wow>. month. <laughs> oh, okay. So I think that's two plays nine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I don't really know that dude, so <laughs> only when you said regulate and I was like, Oh yeah. But he must he must not have anything else to his name, so But there you go. So Thank you. There's another round. I might I might see if I can get a um like a like an alternative rapper, like a W rapper instead next time for you to guess, because I quite like those ones actually. <laughs> <laughs> I do like those as well. Free chubbies. That's my favourite. <laughs> you know, that's just so rude. I can't believe people were allowed to do that. But anyway. Okay, thank you. Um John, guest stars. Yeah, uh there's not a huge amount of guest stars this week. Um the the main returning guest star is obviously um somebody who was a, a previous uh, main cast member we have we have the return of Boone but um, we've spoken enough about Boone I think in the past uh, the only other guest star of note that I really noticed was the actress that plays Cindy the, the flight attendant uh, mm-hmm. is an actress called Kimberly Joseph who doesn't have a huge amount of credits uh, to her name but she is obviously uh, Australian as you can tell on the show and apparently she was in um, a couple of episodes of Home and Away as most Australian actors seem to be. <laughs> I was going to say, of course. And either Home and Away or Neighbours. Um, and also, I just thought this was quite an interesting uh, bit of trivia. She co-hosted the Australian version of Gladiators for a couple of years. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. They must have had, like, uh, every country had their own version of Gladiators, it seems. Oh, but did they have the Scottish guy? Oh, what was he called? I can't remember his name. But he was the best announcer ever. <laughs> uh, oh. His name was John something. Yeah. Yeah. And he had Jesus. a little hat on, didn't he? And his big whistle. He did. <laughs> but the way he just count, way he counted was so Scottish it hurt. It was phenomenal. God. I yeah. just want to say I'm I'm probably going to do this every episode. But when you mentioned Australia and, uh, and given our very in depth talk during the finale, I just want to say hello to Alan Dale. On this uh, podcast, <laughs> I'm going to do it every week, I think. But hello to Alan Dale. <laughs> but yeah, those were the only yeah. um, guest stars really that that stood out. Cool. Um, there is the actress playing Shannon's mum, or sorry, Shannon's uh, stepmom. Uh, but uh, again, she didn't really appear in an awful lot. I think I, I went with Cindy because obviously she's she's kind of recurring uh, throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool, wicked, right. Well, let's get into the uh, the bare bones of this, of which there are some. <laughs> um, as always, we'll start with the flashbacks. So, as this is a Shannon-centric episode, um, 
uh, what little is left of whatever character <laughs> she was i guess it's it's a bit of an odd one for me this because um i think this character kind of lives and dies by the fact that she's tied into boone mm-hmm. um yeah. and obviously he he you know snuffed it uh towards the tail end of the first season so there's very little for her to do other than hang out with Saeed and um, she got the dog as well from Walt. Uh, she got Vincent, so she's looking after the dog. But yeah. really, in the grand scheme of the picture, that's not an awful lot of responsibility, I guess. <laughs> um, with, with everything else that's happening on the island, you know, there's very little for her to do. Yeah, she, um, she, had, she had certainly um, run her course by... By the time yeah. of this episode, you know, it's and I thought to do with the flashback, you know, they're trying their best to, to flesh the character out and to make her a bit more sympathetic, mm. um, which I guess if you if you didn't know going in that this was her um, her last episode, you would think, oh, OK, they're, they're finally getting around to Shannon making me like her more. Um, but the fact that it is her last episode, it's like it's too little too late, you know, Um as as tragic as the flashback is, as as most lost flashbacks seem to be, it's it's far far too late to make her sympathetic. So, <laughs> I, like this flashback for me was just like, okay, yeah, all right, let's just move it along. I don't care. You've got an evil stepmom. Let's let's just <laughs> let's just keep going. Yeah, I mean, it ticks so many generic boxes. It's unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, I mean, even in season one, when obviously Boone dies, I still feel like probably both characters at that point had even overstayed the welcome at that point mm. um yeah anyway so but yeah we'll get into the flashback then so it begins with her teaching ballet to um, a ballet class and she receives the call that her father's been in an accident and you know she heads off to the hospital where she finds out that he's died in a car crash now correct me if i'm wrong we've mentioned this before haven't we and this is where one of the um, overlapping characters are. Am I right in saying that this is the car crash with Sarah, Jack's wife? Yes, yes mm-hmm. it is. Correct. Right. Yeah, okay, you see. So yeah, I think you, you even see Jack for a split second in the like the hospital corridors, um, brushing past. I Shannon. couldn't remember if he was, but yeah. So this is a bit of synergy there, I guess. So yeah, yeah. Straight straight away, we're getting a bit of a link up if you're looking for it. But there you go. So that's one of your links between the characters. Um, oh yes, of course. He's Adam Rutherford, I think. He's the mm-hmm. person who was struck by the SUV. Yes. Um, yeah, that's right. And that was in Man of Science, I think. Man of Faith in the opening of season two. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, Jack Jack's seen but doesn't play or uh, an important role really or speak at all. He's just you just know he's there. And uh, at the funeral, Boone, as we, as John's already said, makes a bit of a valiant return. He arrives to console her. We must remember he is the stepbrother in all of this. The stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more at this point. <laughs> wig now, watch. Yeah, wig watch. Oh, my oh, God, yeah. wig watch. <laughs> oh, God. It's bad. It's a bad one. It's not as bad as Jack's in um, Man of Science, Man of Faith, but... Good lord, they went full on early two thousands, late nineties boy band. <laughs> Poor yep. Bone. Yeah, I, I, I guess like it's what, what age is Shannon supposed to be on on the island? Like twenty two, twenty three, maybe. 
22, I believe, yeah. Okay, yeah. so this, this I'm looking at the Wikipedia here. It's like an 18-year-old Shannon, so yeah. Four years ago, that's like bang on 2000. It's it's an accurate haircut, if nothing else. <laughs> it almost ties into what we've always, uh, well, what Scott first pointed out with his jeans, for example. Like <laughs> it's so it, It's so of an era and so mm-hmm. of a very specific, like, year. <laughs> Not just yeah, like is. a decade, a year. Um, yeah, it's it, nail it. He's the only character, literally the only character in the whole show, who looks like 2004. Like Jack, Sawyer, mm. Kate, everyone else, you can put them in any year and they just will blend in quite fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's just so jarring. That haircut is just. It's not. <laughs> it's not bad, like, in terms of. Because plenty of people have similar hairstyles to that, but when it's him, I don't know. It just. It just makes me feel really uncomfortable. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a weird kind of thing about um, that era. Because you look back on yeah. it and you think, oh, it's just so cringy. But... I mean, part of me thinks as well, from an acting standpoint, obviously in Summerhold, I didn't want to leave the show and he was the first main cast member to fall. Um, so it must have been weird for all of a sudden, a few months later, when they went into production on this season, that they kind of whisked him back. And like, right, this is your hair and makeup kind of thing, and <laughs> must have just thought, for God, Jesus Christ, don't make me wear that, please, <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> just for four hours, Ian, it's, it'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're getting paid, and he makes further appearances down the line, I believe. So, um, he's all right. He, he got successful after this anyway, so he's fine. <laughs> um. Uh, where was I? She, Shannon wins a dance internship, I think, in NYC. Mm-hmm. Um, but she finds out she can't go because her s- evil stepmother, as John has already pointed out, <laughs> won't let her use any of her father's will money. Yeah. So we're already getting the very, again, ticking the generic um, family feud box. I, I think I, her name is um, Sabrina, which is very apt. That's right. Yes, it is very apt. <laughs> Sabrina, indeed. Oh, but it just yeah. feels so generic, and like we've said, you know, just it just feels like they're trying to pile on some kind of storyline that we're meant to care about, but it's yeah, don't really bother yeah. me at all. That's about I, I all know, I've got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 trying to it engender sympathy, just just like. As you say, with all these cliched story beats, and you're just like, ugh, it's it's not, it's not especially convincing, and it feels very rushed. Again, I don't want to. I keep repeating myself, but it's like, I don't want. Um, I don't know if I would have felt differently if I knew, you know, she was going to continue on in the show and they would flesh it out a bit more. But knowing that mm. it is her last episode, it feels very rushed and it's just, yeah. it's not satisfying and it's just cliched and yeah, I, like I really can't get over the, the evil stepmom part because it's like it, it's just, it's a very easy way to do it um, Yeah, uh, it's not especially satisfying I think part of, for me, part of the the issue I think maybe generally with the early days of the show anyway is obviously it became known and painted itself into a corner with the whole flashback technique. Um, But for episodes like this, and I think we've discussed it a few times where, you know, the flashbacks, if anything, hinder the progress of what's happening on the island. Like the stuff on the island here, 
is very interesting to me, or at mm. least part of it. But the fact that you keep chopping it up and it makes me wonder if, you know, the writers thought, okay, this is our, you know, almost our format. We can't just drop the flashbacks for an episode or two here and there. You know, it has to maintain throughout. But in yeah. doing that, the knowing that they don't really have much of a thing to say in the flashbacks, they have to just do the generic tick boxes. Mm. And I think we've seen that a few times throughout so far. You know, it doesn't really serve anything that happens on the island. <laughs> No, no. Well, I mean it's just um, it just parallels the um, Shannon's feeling of abandonment um, because mm. as, you know we're going to later talk about you know the 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 walk thing. So no one believes her, and then obviously off island she's on her own because her mum, stepmum, sorry, um, tells her that she doesn't follow through on things, so she ain't going to help her. So, but yeah, it like John says, it's just it's too little, too late. And maybe if we had this sort of um, flashback back very early last season, it might garner some sympathy for the character. But it's yeah. too far. It's too far gone. Well, too far gone. Yeah, it's too generic. Yeah. And I uh, mean, and conti- then, sorry, John, just, go on. No, no, no. I, uh, I was just gonna say, like the the, the last scene of the uh, the flashbacks has has been sort of, I guess, extending the olive branch. Um, you know, he's, he's like, you can come and you can come and live with me. You can come and because uh, he's moving to New York, so you can you can stay with me. And and she just sort of doesn't want anything to do with him. Then you know, she's made yeah. that decision that she's going to try and do things on her own. And we know that doesn't really work out. Um, she ends up conning uh, Boone a, a couple of times. <laughs> uh, so again, that's that's another reason why I think I wasn't very sympathetic towards her. You know? Yeah, she's still a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, actually, at the start of these flashbacks, she's a completely different person. She's actually quite nice in personality, but mm. then it's just a very quick oh straight into bitch mode, and you're like, mm, okay, yeah. Again, just, yeah, not, yeah, no, just don't really no care, sympathy. do you? <laughs> yeah, no uh, sympathy. Not really, no, no. And um, and that's the flashbacks. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Unless you guys have anything else to point out, there it is. It it's so generic, it hurts. Um, <laughs> I I did like there's a few, a few like moment. Um, I I did like the the Bone and Shannon moment in um in the bedroom when they're just kind of talking, and it just feels very, uh, just feels a bit more natural. Um, mm. it's no like soap opera like sort of dramatics, um, because. Generally, every other scene with them two in is her crying or him mm. uh, berating her for being an idiot. Mm. So it was quite nice just to have that just that little kind of sobering moment um, after that funeral. But as we've established, it's all in the grand scheme of things, it is too little, too late. But that's probably the only good moment I think from those scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the quieter moments of lost when it's stripped back are some of its best. Even with, you know, questionable characters, but we, we we will directly blame the writers for this. It's you know, um, you know, it's not a case of the actors being bad at all. No, um, no. I actually quite like both of them individually in various other things, but just um, just not in this, unfortunately. <laughs> was it? Yeah, Maggie Grace has popped up in a few. Movies and she like over, over the she's years. She's on uh, Fear the Walking Dead at the moment, and oh, is she? what? Yeah, what I've seen of her in that, um, she's very good. Dif- completely different 
<laughs> you know, badass, zombie-killing, well-rounded character, you know, and couldn't be further from Shannon. <laughs> you know, I think and, and any... Sorry, Tom. I was going to say, Summerholder, obviously, was on Vampire Diaries, and I will admit on this podcast that I watched some of that. <laughs> so he he was okay. <laughs> so let's go to the on island events then, um, which are way more interesting. But so again, we're kind of at a point now where the original survivors from season one and the tailies, which we have met um, this season, are kind of converging. This is kind of the convergence episode, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still split up. So on one side of the island, you've got Echo, Jin and Michael, who after last week's episode um, saw uh, the others, or at least a version of them. Um, <clears throat> and if you've listened to that episode, you'll know it's creepy as hell. So they reunite with Anna Lucia, Sawyer, Bernard, Libby and Cindy. So mm-hmm. they've come back together after... Michael's silly excursion after Walt, which again we detailed in that episode, which made zero sense, but oh well. Um, so there's eight of them leaving, um, leaving to find the camp that we've observed Jack and Kate and everyone. Sawyer does a collapse <laughs> because he's got an infection <laughs> from his gunshot wound. Um, and Sawyer does the true hero thing of leave me behind, it's fine. Uh, and if and I quite like that, you know, he says, or he more or less implies that if the positions were reversed, he'd just leave Michael there. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which made me laugh. I thought that's a very Sawyer thing to do. But at the end, of, I think Anna Lucia just she's really stubborn in this episode. She's like, we can't, we can't waste time. But they end up making a stretcher for him, or Echo does anyway. Mm-hmm. So that they can carry him, but obviously the journey's a lot slower. And then there's a bit of a, I don't know, I found it amusing, but they try and carry him up a hill and they keep falling down. And uh, But then they notice that Cindy's gone. Um, and then yeah. they hear the whispering again from all around. Um, and immediately I was like, okay, this is this shit's on any of these flashbacks. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, no, definitely. Because, I mean, it's nothing we've not seen before. Obviously, it's happened with Saeed way back uh, in Solitary in uh, Season mm-hmm. 1. Um, but it's just so cool, even if it, you know, doesn't really make much sense when you find out, I guess, who the others are. Um, yeah. Or, it's, or... it's quite good um, foreshadowing for, for uh, what the, the next episode is. You know, the next episode is the uh, the Tales Section Survivors episode, yeah, um, the other right. 48 days. That's so, one. like, we, we know... Um, like we know a little about the others, um, <clears throat> obviously the the tail section survivors know a bit more. So they like whenever they hear the whispers, I think Anna Lucia just basically tells them run. Just everybody just scatter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just really good foreshadowing for for the next <coughs> couple of episodes. And it, again, it just adds to the mystery of what of who the others uh, the others are if they're so terrifying. Um, yeah, but yeah, as I, also... I say, it, it, this is the most interesting part of the episode. Yeah, I also love how, I guess, following on from seeing the feet of the others in, you know, the rags and stuff from the previous week, it's just so cool, uh, but unnerving to know that 
apparently they can just walk up to any one of you and take you, you know, without yeah. so much as you realizing. Yeah. Uh, they literally pick you off one by one. Yeah, I like that that wasn't like lingered on. She's just there, and then all of a sudden she's not. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. used um, the magic of editing for that scene. <laughs> yeah, because I think they they make their way up the um, up the hill, up like the steep hill, and they're all passing up parts of the um, of the stretcher, mm-hmm. and then so you see like Cindy in shot passing something to Livy, and then it cuts to them walking up to the like the the top of the hill, going over, and then all of a sudden she's not at the top. So <laughs> within two two or three cuts, he's just gone, and yeah, you don't you just see nothing. It's great, and also I love um, Michelle Rodriguez um, her delivery when Michael says he just asked her to, to drop a load, just tell all about why they're so rattled, and like you know you know why that he has to listen to her basically, and she says um, you know they're smart, they're animals, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it just puts the others over as a major threat without fundamentally we've not seen a whole lot of them so yeah a sense of urgency is very good i guess what we is making you think what we knew you know we knew they were dangerous before but now you really need to listen to what other people have experienced with them you're you're well we've been lucky so far (laughs) i guess these guys haven't had the best of it first day they took three people and Mm -hmm. then like a few weeks later when they took nine i think she says so it's like literally the first day they got there they had confrontation with them so you can kind of get on side that you know they're going to be a bit rattled yeah absolutely it makes you surprised that they're still even trusting our guys i mean we know we trust them but you know i'm you know she's right to be cautious oh yeah 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 because i remember when i first watched it or when she first got introduced i didn't like her at first because of she just annoyed me i guess with all the stubbornness and it's just it seemed a bit over egged i don't know if it was because I didn't rate her as an actress. I just thought she kind of overdid it. But watching it back now, it's like you say, there's all these little subtle cues and the, like you say, they're clearly going to be rattled. So I get it a lot more now. She does pissed off very well. She like, does do off. pissed off very well. Mm. Yeah, she just it's almost like she could just be typecast as just generic pissed off. It's almost <laughs> like certain wor- words kind of, I don't know, she overextends certain words to make them sound angrier or... Oh, I don't. I don't. It's just a really, really good portrayal. Or it's her delivery, as I say. Yeah, yeah. She, she really does mm. give you that sense. So she don't do it so much in Fast and Furious, but you know, no. <laughs> she's still good, though. She's still good, <laughs> and hopefully, when that does come out, we are going to space. Whenever it does come out, but that's, God, yeah, that's a digression. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to go to space with those guys. It'll be fun. <laughs> The in these week. in these scenes with um, the Tailies, um, uh, obviously we know at, by the end of the episode it's basically just to converge, you know, um, and get everyone together. But mm-hmm. I think did you? There's some parts of it where Echo, I think it's part where Echo says they have to try, uh, change their tra- trajectory because uh, I can't remember what the reason is, but he says they have to go for the jungle in order. To, and basically, I think Analysia establishes. From that, that he wants to get Sawyer help, but she's very much against getting him help for some reason. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really. She finds him as a more of a hindrance and, and a burden. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think it's quite nice to see Echo um, siding show. Yeah, he's kind of beginning to show that kind of um, 
warming towards because we already saw it with Jin and obviously with Michael to a lesser extent. But yeah, he's pretty much fully fledged with with those guys now in a way. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other point I had? Something else to do with Echo. Hmm. What was it? I've got it written down there somewhere. Uh, no, I he, don't think so. He's awesome. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh no! Oh, sorry. That was it. Once, um, once they real uh, Cindy's been taken, um, Anosia just berates him and just says, "I told you, like you know, not to fucking go to the jungle. So it's on you." So she proper gives him a dressing down, mm. um, and he he looks visibly a bit frightened of her. So it kind of again reinforces Anosia as a. A full-on bitch. Well, she's like, yeah, she's like boss bitch. She's like fully knows what she meets, she's about, and you know, Echo, like you say, looks a bit frightened of her. It takes a lot to scare him. So, yeah, Anna Lucy is badass. I like her more on this watch. <laughs> because we get because we get to the context in the next episode. We do. going back to this one. It kind of it it yeah, it's a lot more impactful because mm-hmm. um, she's been through. She's been through like quite a lot, you know. Even though they all have, she's been a little bit more mm. um, in terms of what happens to her in the forty-eight days episode. But and I think, I mean, so many shows have done this since, where you know, as we've said, they're laying the foreshadowing and groundwork in these early episodes, and then they'll do a a whole massive flashback episode. So many shows do that now, but they don't do it as well mm-hmm. as this, just because, like. These flash, these little foreshadowings actually serve the episode that they're in now, rather than, oh, next week these this is all kind of going to come back, but it doesn't matter right now. So it's a bit, of, you know what I mean? It's a bit of a boring episode, the one that you're watching, in service yeah. of the next one. Whereas this, it's actually clever how they use. It's almost like a, I don't know. It, it just serves the next episode even better. Um, it's got it's arming to, it. It's arming it for that's like a it. payoff. Yeah, the payoffs, that's yeah. it. The payoffs way better. Way, way better. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave them for now here in the whispers. Which, again, make of it what you will. The others, anything supernatural, the ghosts of the forest. I don't know. You, you Pick you what you want for now. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it there. Um, unfortunately, we've got to go back to Shannon now. Um, <laughs> um, I wrote a lot about this opening scene, but I won't. I won't bore you. But I kind of ranted a bit, and I just typed it all out. <laughs> well, we'll start. We'll start with you then, Scott. In, in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. This this is only this is only about the opening light, the establishing scene. Um. I, yeah. I just. I just. Honestly, it was. I just. I hated it. I really hated it. <laughs> And this only leads to the point of where Saeed leaves the tent because then things get a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I put down was this. This establishing scene is probably one of the most vacuous in the entire series up to this point. <laughs> I don't understand this relationship or how these two people are involved romantically. <laughs> it is so obvious it's played for convenience in order to draw attention, but it's so inc- ill-conceived and uncharacteristic of both that it in fact harms the perception of them as characters, notably Saeed as an important one later on and it also contradicts some of the actions they take when they are independent of each other. Ultimately it does nothing for my enjoyment in the entire series fuck off (laughs) Brilliant That's that's just two minutes of 
<laughs> so I think what you're saying is that you're referring to, you know, they basically have sexy time for the first time. And uh, is it... Her... Well, it's the, build, it's the build up to that. So Okay, he... the build up to that. So he... Yeah, so he kind of, he makes her the little like TP thing and it's like a it's like a glamping experience for her. Yeah, gl- and it's like oh, I'll put some like I'll put some like daisies in like this makeshift vase I made. Oh, I've got like a little candle and she's like, Oh, you done this for me and he's like, Yeah, like I love you Well he doesn't say I love you but it's kind of like googly eyes at her and I'm just like please like we've not we've not done it you've not done anything to actually establish this as a as a, as a formidable relationship, and for us to get behind them, it's just so, as I say, ill conceived. Yeah, I, just, I think m- maybe you think differently, but well, no, I mean, I, have... I mean, we're back to what we've always said where dependent on you know, um, Saeed's uh, proximity to Shannon depends, um, determines whether he's an incredibly written, smart character or just an idiot. Um, and we're in full full idiot mode this episode. I think more than we've ever. I know we've joked about the little fires down on the beach, and then that's when Boone happens to get injured and blah 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 blah. It's all stupid. Oh, um, this one. This is full tilt. This is. Oh like, yeah. This is the, the this is the culmination of that. This is. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't yeah. want to be offensive, but for some reason, this always reminded me of the joke in Tropic Thunder where he says, "You never go full retard." I hate that word, but it's just the sentiment of the joke. You know, it, it's like yeah. this is turning it yeah. up to 11, if you know what I mean. It's like everything yeah. stupid that we can possibly throw at the screen, we're going to do it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I hate, like, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, like, I, I don't disagree with, with, with anything that you, you've both said there, but it's I, I think it's, again, part of that rushed thing. Yeah. Uh, at, least the, at least the relationship, as bad as it, as it plays out on screen, has been sort of seeded not very well but you know that there is a bit of build up to it um but this like this uh, escalation of their their quote-unquote feelings for each other uh, it's just to again ramp up the the tragedy for what happens at the end and it's like it's not believable that saeed would be this head over heels in love yeah. with this person that he's known like they've been in the island what 45 days something like that but at this yeah. stage they've, they've been going out for what a week, a week and a half. Uh, it just—it just doesn't strike me as a and as I, a believable I think um, reaction to have for Saeed at the end of the episode. But it, well, no, it's it's a believable reaction because it's tragic and all. But it's like he—I think he does say at the end of this episode that he loves her. He and did. I'm like, he did. Come on. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, in in other series, in other drama written series, I think I think one of the key issues with this specific relationship, unfortunately, is that they had at the time. I mean, even still by today's standards, it's one of the biggest casts on TV. There's there's so much going on that they can't really dedicate so much time to this, you know, this beginning of this relationship, I guess. But you've got to remember, by this point in an, an, an equivalent TV series, you know, establishing a romance, you know, it's way more believable. Even in some of the worst shows, it's way more believable. Um, you know, it's not like... I know in the chronology of the show it's only been 45 days, but it was mid-season one kind of thing where they started getting, you know, that side-eye at one another and, you know, you're getting these ideas. Hmm. And really, in the grand scheme of it, there's only been three or four episodes where, you know, they've really been hanging out and it's all yeah, of a sudden where we're one, at. Yeah. And you're like, 
what the hell did you know did Barry Allen run forward in time or something I just don't have a clue <laughs> on the um, I love you part um, I found, this is probably one of the funniest scenes I've seen in the series up to now like unintentionally because <laughs> I love unintentional we're going to get to it, but just quickly, Shannon's obviously crying and in hysterics and wants Sai to believe her. And he just kind of like, just kind of, he just flakes out and just goes, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I love you. Uh, yeah, and I believe you. Just to get her to <laughs> shut up, basically, <laughs> to just stop winching about it. Do you, do you think that Levine Andrews got this script and just went, thank fuck? <laughs> Because he's a, it wouldn't surprise he's, me. He's a he's a good dude, good character, but not when he's with this uh, lass. So I get it's like us. Sorry, go on, Scott. I'll say it's like I said in that in my like little rant piece I did. Um, it it just it contradicts how they act away from each other. Yeah, like Shannon is much more. Um, what's the word? She just kind of, she just seems to be better as a character. She seems a lot more nuanced, well, to a degree, and a lot more sort of friendly and and approachable um, around other people. Yeah. Um, but with Saeed, it just, she just kind of like turns into this kind of lovesick puppy, and it's just really, I don't know, I, I don't understand how, especially Saeed, but they're both so different away from everyone else. Yeah. And, I think you know when we you, need to see that. You know when you write your series bible, or you hear all these producers and writers saying we have a series bible. You know these are to me, I've, you know with hindsight and obviously rewatching it, these are like the two characters who are so fur- furthest away from one another that they shouldn't be together. Almost fair enough. You know you have them in talking scenes and discussions with the groups. But they are the furthest away from a romantic couple um, that you could possibly have, almost. Um, and oh, yeah. maybe it's just a misstep on the writer's part. Maybe they realised this, you know, a couple of episodes into introducing it, they're like, hmm, maybe. I can, I, I do understand that. that obviously, what they're trying to do is, is trying to put two unlikely people together yes. and find common ground, etc. But like, like we've said, they've only been seen together in scenes across like three or four episodes very very briefly mm-hmm. so you need to that's got to be a long game thing like there's other tv shows and, and you know multiple with multiple seasons where characters meet each other quite early on but then they don't actually have any romantic um involvement until later on once it's been developed and freshed out yeah so two or three seasons down the line yeah of course but we need to see it and what we need to actually know uh, them as people together before they can just jump into bed together it's just yeah yeah so i with that in mind the story goes as follows so you know shannon sees walt um drenched head to toe i think he's doing his weird um backwards speech um yeah which is yeah. always creepy with we i think we've established you know children in horror creepy as old um oh yeah Awful. Awful, 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 awful indeed. <laughs> so this is no exception. Genuinely, it is freaky. Um, um, and Shannon tells Saeed that she saw him and he doesn't believe her. He does the usual, oh, it's a bad dream. And, you know, you're not listening to me. And immediately I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then she becomes convinced to find Walt, um, thinking he's all alone. 
I think she she reasons that it's you know something to do with Vincent. You know, he wants to see Vincent, but she owes it to Vincent almost to find Walt because she thinks he's alone and you know all these weird little things. Um, she gets. But the other thing is, um, I think by this point she knows that they found the bottle with all the messages in it. Which is what leads her to think that Walt is no longer on the. Yes, draft. I apologise. Yeah, I forgot that comes about in. that. Yeah, yeah, that comes in later on. But yeah, but she does actually mention that yeah. to, to Saeed. She does. Do you? Do we know? Uh, I did look up, but uh, did you guys know what Walt actually says? Oh no. no. Um, so according to our friend Lostopedia, thank you. He 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 says. <laughs> They're coming and they're close. <gasps> do, 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 do. X-Files theme tune. <laughs> and I like that line, especially because it is quite ambiguous because we don't know yeah. if he means the others or the tailies because hmm. they are close, funny enough. They both are. <laughs> both groups are. Mm. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's a good bit of uh, trivia there. Um, and they have... Um, like uh, the the bulk of the on on island stuff for for Shannon is just about how nobody believes her. Yes, um, <laughs> and then she doesn't she eventually like this is the other. I, I, it might be this episode. I'm not 100 percent certain, but she starts using Vincent like he's a a sniffer dog. Correct. <laughs> I was literally about to get to that. She get she goes she goes to Michael and Walt's tent and like smell these cloves. Go find him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Like poor Vincent. He's only a he's a Labrador, and he's only like or a golden retriever. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a baby still in this episode, and he's lovely. <laughs> Don't leave him be. Let him be a dog. <laughs> Don't. He's not a sniffer. Yeah. I, I just, I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. And then it's it's again it's awful, and I probably shouldn't have laughed. But I thought it was really funny that he the first place he <laughs> Vincent brings her is to Boone's grave. Yeah, it's like, oh. yeah. It's like, that's a real, that's a real dick move on the part of the dog. That, that's Vincent's way of saying I am not a sniffer dog. Fuck, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I heard a cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, yeah. Oh, hang on, I got Hang on, I got open the door. Hang on. <laughs> Cats so demanding. Yeah. Literally, I think I think Shannon stays there for the duration of the episode after this point, and she, yeah, <laughs> like she's given up. <laughs> yeah, I just feel bad for Vincent because he's obviously like you know not all not all those dogs can sniff out humans or cocaine or whatever it is you know I, that's reserved for my bigger kind. <laughs> um, oh, uh, speaking of um, of well, not cocaine but heroin. <laughs> um, there's a there's a part of this episode. It's just a, a small little. I guess it would be a a C plot of the episode um, of Charlie being a real dick again. Yeah. Um, like, getting, is this where he gets like really jealous of Locke? Is that this episode? Yes. Yeah. Uh, or, or he's telling Claire what to do because the baby's crying or something like that. Um, and then uh, Locke discovers that Charlie has one of the the Virgin Mary statues. Mm-hmm. That he stole from the the plane, um, and Locke's Locke finds that quite interesting. I actually really like Locke in this episode. Me too. Yeah, he's really good. He's. This is the thing that really annoys me because I'm not going to say annoys me, but it's a bit that's a bit far. But when Locke is like this peaceful kind of go-to helpful guy, and he is really helpful to Claire, like really, you know, he's. Um, 
he even like kind of like makes makes himself sort of scarce when Charlie arrives. He like overly offers to kind of leave them be, mm. but then uh, you know he's always kind of seemingly he gives her some advice on how to care for the baby, and he's I don't know. It's just like I just want more of this lock, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it's just and I, I don't know if it's you. I don't know if, um, if it's just me, but do you guys see um, any correlation between how lock? dresses and how he acts in episodes because this is a thing that was quite a massive thing for Breaking Bad mm. where um, Walter's um, clothes become progressively darker mm-hmm. as the series goes on mm. I, I'm sure that when Locke is wearing beige or yellow he is really nice yeah you're right and when he's wearing like green or like darker clothes he's an arsehole I don't know I might have to oh. do, do some digging around but yeah, it's just something I've just spotted the last few episodes where he's just been this kind of go-to wise sage lock, and he's wearing mm. his yellow top. And I don't know. I'll have to have. A I look was going to say it, in Breaking Bad, it was massive because like Marie had loads of purple, didn't she? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Every character, I'm sure Vince Gilligan said every character had like a color assigned to them almost, and. Depend like a skit, yeah, yeah. Dependent on whether the episode was dark or light, like you say, Waltz obviously progresses from very plain Jane, you know, clothes to this, well, basically dark suit by the end. So, but hmm. I, it, I'll have to keep an eye on it yeah. for for the next couple of episodes I'm watching. Yeah, I never no. noticed it before, so yeah, I'll keep an eye. It's, it might just be a coincidence, but I, yeah, I think it's, it's one of cause... those interesting things, though, when it comes to wardrobe. Um, and it's definitely intended. I, I do believe. I think you're onto something there. Mm. I really do. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that um, I'll will never notice until somebody points it out. Like <laughs> like as like years after I've watched the show, uh, or one of those things I read an article on. I'm like, oh right. To okay. be honest, that was me with Breaking uh, Bad so- the first time, and someone was like, "God, did you notice the color?" I think I think it was like hollywood reporter or something when they had finished they did a, they did a big thing about vince gilligan's use of color throughout the series and you know this this oh, yeah. this screenshot specific episodes and they, they mention obviously ozymandias and all that jazz and the colors contrast and i was like wow <laughs> genius yeah. Very- yeah and i, I know the, the the big thing with um or the other big thing with breaking bad was that uh that uh I forgot his name, Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, like he took on the characteristics of every person that he killed. Correct. Like I know that was a big yeah. thing, and I thought that was that's a, a really clever touch. Um, but yeah, I'll keep an eye out for for Lux Lux t shirt. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the upcoming episodes, just to see. Yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, I like that's that. Really that's something to watch out for, since we're not going to unfortunately have Shannon watch anymore. It's going to be <laughs> Lock Watch. Lock Watch. Right, let's take this. Let's take this bad boy home. So, Saeed, fine. I also thought just so. Just following on, he takes her to Boone's grave, which I think we all agree was very amusing, even though it shouldn't have been. <laughs> um, Saeed finds her and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, and she explains <laughs> that she's going to find Wall um, and gets up to continue following Vincent. I guess in a way we have Vincent to thank for this because I've just had a thought, but I'll get to the end of the episode. So. You know, Saeed comes along protesting. Um, Shannon's yelling at him. They're having a proper spat with one another. You know, and as we've said, no one believes her in this episode. She doesn't think he believes in her and that she's just going to be abandoned like the rest 
other people do for her, which I guess is our only tie, as we've already briefly mentioned, is our only tie to the flashbacks that we've had in this episode. Um, I must point out as well, it's raining and my English my yeah. English degree came into fold here where I was like, ah, pathetic fallacy, something bad is going to happen here. Because um, <laughs> nothing good can come of rain, Paul. <laughs> Ever in anything, nope. something bad will always happen. Nope. Um, Say, and as you've already said, John, Say does in fact tell her that he loves her. He makes it very clear to her that he'll never leave her. And you know, I don't know about you, but that's a quick relationship. Um, the embrace. I love the. Um, Sorry, go on. I'll say I love the line um, when uh, Shannon says, "Everyone thinks I'm, you know, I- I'm not worth anything. You know, I'm worthless." Inside says, oh, "You're not worthless," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's just true." Because she knew about the the cartoon with the fish. <laughs> tell her what she wants. <laughs> tell her what she wants to hear. <laughs> there you go. Um, there we go. So they they have a bit of an embrace in the rain, and you think, "Oh, is it going to be one of those rain pour moments where you know you kiss in the rain and everything?" Bullshit. And then they hear the whispering, <laughs> uh, and they look up, and they both see Walt doing his creepy backwards talking and um, creepy horror child stuff. Um, but he does that gesture again where, you know, finger to the mouth, be quiet. And as and as you've kindly pointed out, Scott, I guess that lends uh, or ties into what he wrote on his note. Um, so, what did he write? Shannon, be quiet. He was fucking going <laughs> on crying. Shut up. But then she dashes off after him. So I was, I initially, sorry, I initially thought this, uh, it's Vincent's fault that she kind of, you know, gets in the crossfires of um, Anna Lucia. You know, Vincent did us all a favour, but it's actually Walt. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he does a he runner. Does a runner. Um, Shannon goes after Walt, and then you hear a gunshot from Saeed's perspective. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping that. Sorry. We're Sorry. keeping that. Sorry about that. <laughs> I thought I thought about that when I was sitting eating my lunch today and I've been waiting all day to do it. <laughs> oh, very that good. Was timed. Very that good. Was so timed. Um I've lost track where I was. Oh yeah, gunshots heard. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> Shannon kind of staggers back towards Said, and you clearly see that she's, uh, you know, been shot in the belly. Um, she collapses, and then you get the pan up from the camera, and it's Anna Lucia, um, and the gang kind of all stood there. An episode, and you know, you get your fade to black with Said doing a really awful like cry. It's just so fake. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, oh, come on. I, th- I <laughs> thought it was, it's kind of like a glare, but it's kind of like iconic. Well, I think I think because... it's first when he gets her. It's maybe maybe before the panel, but he kind of holding her. It's kind of like a really awful wail. Oh, yeah. He's got kind yeah, of, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, know, I was like, yeah. oh. And then, and then the fade to black is him kind of scowling at Anna Lucia, which mm. is cool. I agree. It's very iconic. It's just before when he's like, yeah. You know, it's it is it's basically Arnold in a you know Arnold Arnie can't really talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a good um, 
like it's a good fear the black it's a good uh i get it's kind of a cliffhanger kind of just a a really good oh shit moment because at this stage you didn't know that they were so close to the beach so you could have thought maybe it was it was the others um again if this was your first watch of the episode you know mm. i don't think you immediately thought oh no it was anna they say it that shot her um yeah. so it, it yeah it's i think it's a really good reveal it is. that that it was you know somebody that um is for all intents and purposes good you know like, like she's on she's on the good guy side yeah. um yeah, I think, and it creates a, a really good conflict yeah, for the next couple of. That's what I was about to Probably. say. Like the com- the conflict that this generates is fantastic, but it's just a shame that it's at you know the expense of certain characters, whether they remain on the show, mm. or obviously leave the show. It's just a shame that they couldn't be better written in order to serve said conflict a bit better. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You know, we're now at a point where all the group is back together, the gang's back together again, with with additional people. <laughs> And the the way I look at this is, um, I'm not. I think yeah, I'm not pissed off at this. Watching the episode, I wouldn't be pissed off at Andalusia for killing Shannon. I'm pissed off at Andalusia for upsetting Saeed. Yeah, I agree. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like the Shannon thing doesn't even doesn't even matter. It's, it's, it's you don't hurt my, you don't hurt my boy. <laughs> yeah, don't upset Saeed because he's gonna. Shock your bollocks with some. It'll <laughs> shove bamboo sticks up your time. fingernails again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No thanks. Still, the thought of that is horrible. Ah, oh, my toes curled. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, that's your smash cut. And I guess in um, on a rewatch and knowing what comes next, you know, the resolution to um, said well, this cliffhanger, you know, you don't really get a resolution until not really even. Um, the end of the next episode because obviously this is next week's episode is the forty mm. other forty eight days later, so y- you're left waiting for a couple of episodes really. I think um, it's a, yeah it serves as a really great cliff- cliffhanger. Mm. Yeah. It's a really good cliffhanger before you find out. Um, and unless there's anything else you want to say about the episode, there is uh, that cu- that draws a close. I guess we've got another another main character death. Um, so Maggie Grace is no longer a main um, main cast member or a series regular. I think the general reception to the episode was... <laughs> there's a good quote here from Maureen uh, Ryan of the Chicago Tribune, who literally qu- is quoted as saying her reaction was muted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that sums it up pretty well. Um, That's like your man from Ratatouille, isn't it? That's what he would yeah, say. Yeah, muted, yeah. <laughs> if he was gonna, if he was gonna write a, a piece on the TV show. Although it's yeah. it's interesting because <laughs> someone else, Virginia Rohan, of the Seattle Times, wrote um, that she thought the death of troubled Shannon, just as she was becoming more likable and found love with Saeed, was sadder than the first season death of her brother Boone. Mm, I don't. Mm. Mm, I disagree completely with that no, one. Uh, it yeah. would grieve me far more to lose Jack, Kate, Sawyer, Locke, Son, or Jin. No shit. Yeah, because they're fucking actual characters. Yeah, they're well-written <laughs> characters who we like. But yeah, so... Um, How could she say it when, like... He, he, Bone was prominent in several episodes in season one when he was doing the, the lock stuff. Mm. And then he has quite a noble death. A tragic but noble death where he... And as we said know, on this podcast, kind of, you know, it was actually very well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
No, the bollocks. Sorry, I call shenanigans on that I one. I call shenanigans <laughs> also. And uh, the last bit of shenanigans. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> oh no, no, I like it. We need to use it more. <laughs> um, IGN ranked Shannon's death as the show's fifth best death. I don't know whether they disliked her as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Best because we're we're glad she's dead. Yeah. Not best because it's it's impactful as well. Okay, so I'm just I'm not going to okay, read any yeah. of these out, obviously, because they basically did a top ten lost deaths um, before. It's Charlie. Sorry, it has to be Charlie. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> don't get me started. I'll cry. Oh, good lord! <laughs> they, they must have written this before the series ended, because I, I call shenanigans on this one. Uh, I, I, well, might be spot spottery, but I think the the, the most impactful one is coming up very soon and that one even re-watching it i'm still up fuck like yeah the one in the the one in the in the hatch oh yes later on this oh. season oh yes that one is that's probably the most impactful one i think for I me think for, like in for, terms of like for many what, reasons i agree i'd agree with you on that yeah just great yeah and i think at this point at that point sorry um how perino is probably my favorite actor in the show He's just so good in those sort of group of episodes. Yeah. How f- I can't wait to get. Them. I can't. Yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> so well, you see, I'm at a point now, lads, where I can start to re- keep my rewatch going. You know, I wrote all my notes as I was going along, but you know, I was I was oh, once okay. at a point where I was ahead of you, and then I believe Scott, you you very much plowed ahead. <laughs> season end of season three, I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, end of season three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favourites oh god it's just the best episode I've ever, ever watched in my life oh god <laughs> Yeah, I will be literally gushing when we get there I'm telling you now I'll just I'll not show up it's just my favourite thing ever it's sad but it's my favourite ever I love it and on that note thank you I think that's everything for this week so next week we will be focusing on the other 48 days which i'm very excited about because this is a cracking episode yeah. and other than that thank you for listening as always thank, thank you. you indeed yes thank you very much and see you next week just hit the east side of the lbc on a mission trying to find mr warren g seen a car full of girls ain't no need to tweak all of you search know what's up with 213 so i hooked a left on two one and lewis some brothers shooting dice so i said let's do this i jumped out the rock and said what's up some brothers put some so i said i'm stuck these girls peeping me i'm gonna glide and swerve these looking so hard they straight hit the curve want to bigger better things than some horny tricks i see my homie and some suckers all